any situation we put ourselves in as adults, like you just don't know who's there to make new connections. And I think it's something for us all to remember, not just how do I make friends, but like, how do I make it easier for people to become friends with me? Welcome to Perennials, a podcast about growing up, getting wise, and trying to live a good life. I'm Victoria Russell. In today's episode, Jessica Cragel and I continue our conversation about friendship that we began in episode 58. Jess tells us a little bit more about her experience of creating a really close uh, chosen family and living community with two of her roommates from college, and what it's been like for them to maintain their friendship as they've physically gone their separate ways and moved to different places. So we talk in general about maintaining friendship, about rekindling friendship when the fires have died down a little, and about making new friends in adulthood, which, as we all know, can be really hard. If you haven't listened to episode 58, feel free to go back um, and give that one a listen, or you can pick right up with 59, um, where we start off with me telling Jess a little bit about why and how she's been such a good friend to me for the past almost 20 years. Enjoy. There are definitely different types of friendships. Like you can have acquaintances that you have, you know, you have coffee with and maybe you're not like ride or dies, but it's okay. Like, you know, you have different types of friendships. But when I think about you, one of the things that always comes to my mind is that you are very much like, you are definitely there for me in times when, so for instance, like I was always really, really scared of driving on the garden state parkway, (laughs) um, which is like a big, a big highway in New Jersey. And when I was 22, when we had just graduated from school, I was like, okay, well, if I want to get a job that is not super, super local, like I'm probably going to have to drive on the parkway at some point. I don't want to be limited by this. And I didn't have a car at the time. And so you were like, okay, you can drive my car and I'll sit next to you and I'll help you do it. And we had this fun little adventure. We drove down to French town, which is where Elizabeth Gilbert lives and had a shop at the time. And we went to the shop and, and then even recently, like last year, I was going to a wedding and my boyfriend Martin was um, in Montana doing his wildland firefighting. And there was a reason that going to this wedding was going to bring up some difficult things for me. And I asked you to be my wedding date and you were like, yeah. (laughs) And you came with me and being able to rely on someone in a moment that's challenging and especially having a friend like you, who you have such a good attitude and you're so supportive and you're so like, just kind of enthusiastic about things that you also make it fun. It's like, those things matter a lot. You know, even if like we, I don't know, there are friends that maybe you have like a ton in common with about like you let you read all the same books or you like all the same music or whatever. I feel like for us, it's more like we just kind of made a choice at some point to like be there for each other, you know? Yeah, I really, really do know. I mean, we have a lot of like random similar interests, but that's not like what matters to our friendship. Like sometimes I forget that like, you and I both like really like Harry Potter because yeah. like that is something that we bonded about when we were 14 and then like never talked about again. Whereas I have like other people who like we 
I don't know, other friends in my life who like we send each other Harry Potter memes every other day, you know, anyway, that's just an example. But um, I think you're right. Like, I think, well, I think it goes back to something that we were talking about at the very beginning, which was just like, why have we been able to stay like such close friends or like even like the closest has grown since we were teenagers. And I think that it, it's that we understand what the other one kind of needs. Maybe we both like need the same type of thing out of our friendship in terms of like support and reassurance and validation. I think those are three things that are like really huge for us in, in life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we both realized that. And then we were like, well, this is just who that person's going to be for me and who I'm going to be for them. And like, that's done. And I think friendships really are about choices in adulthood, especially because in high school, like I can think of several friends who I wish light and love, but we're not friends anymore. And, and they were so important to me at that time because we shared certain aspects of our lives or certain interests or certain hobbies. And that's kind of what brought us together. And then when we didn't have those shared things in the same way, we kind of just let each other go. Um, In general, I really like thinking about relationships, friendships and others as being like people come into our lives for certain purposes, certain roles, they, they give you certain things. And then when you don't need those things anymore, when their purpose is over, um, sometimes they exit. And there are some people who are never going to exit. Like I need you in my life forever, Same <laughs> way, you know, but, but I think it's that it's really helped me to think about different friendships serving different purposes. Um, when I've had these instances of like FOMO or these instances of like, she has a new boyfriend. What if she doesn't need me? Cause that I, I reflect on my own life. And I think like, I need it. Well, I need a lot of people. I'm like a puppy that you need to like run around all day to get exhausted. Um, <laughs> and, and that's something I've really come to terms with in COVID you can imagine. But I think that like, there's not everybody just to use your example, not to make myself sound great from in the parkway story driving story but like not everybody would have wanted to lend their friend their car to drive (laughs) I would not not I wouldn't have wanted to do that with every friend you wouldn't have wanted to do that with every friend I think that like and then I have I have a a good work friend who like we drop f-bombs and texts all the time to each other I do not drop a lot of f-bombs to people (laughs) but her like if we're especially now that everything's on zoom we'll be in a, a faculty meeting and I'll be like like what the F is going on? I got here later, you know, in a way that I don't to other people like that. It's a superficial example, but like that is, she serves a purpose at, or she serves a lot of purposes, but one of them is to like really get that random part of my personality that needs to get out, out, you know, yeah. um, some of us need more people to fill more purposes than others in terms of friendships. Like I said, I, I need a ton of people to really like keep me full filled. And it's not because you're not enough or my college friends aren't enough. It's just because I have a lot of extrovert energy and it needs Mm -hmm. to get out. Yeah. And I'm curious because you are super extroverted. You do have a lot of friends and a vibrant social life, but you do also have those core friends. Um, and I'm curious how particularly with those two college friends that you've really built like a community of sorts with, like definitely like a chosen family with how, how did that evolve and how do you maintain it? Great questions. I would say, so my two very close college friends, um, one of them is the close friend that's, that 
was really my only close friend freshman year. And so she and I, that really started when we were like 19 and living on campus and like suddenly found ourselves without any other friends, but each other, Uh, which sounds very sad. It was not that sad, but you know, we, we spent a lot of evenings and a lot of weekends together because with other people, but we were like each other's consistent. We lived across the hall and then we lived together for several years. So I think we just like needed close community support and we just were that for each other. And then the the third, the the second friend, so the the one that completes the trio, we became close in college. We lived together senior year, the three of us and one other friend. Um, And then we all found ourselves remaining in newark delaware um one person what she teaches she was teaching high school in the area one was a nurse in the area and i was going to grad school at ud so i really think what took our friendship from being like good college friends to like each other's chosen family was really that we all stayed here we Mm -hmm. all stayed here and they lived together in an apartment and i lived with my grad school roommate um, who was in my program like a five minute walk away in a different apartment um and i think that really I wonder a lot if we had all gone our separate geographical ways, we wouldn't still be friends. I'm positive, but like, we wouldn't have been like one of them wouldn't have needed to call me one day when she thought there was a rat in her apartment, you know, like they wouldn't have necessarily been the people that I went to after, like I emailed my ex-boyfriend, even though I shouldn't have, you know, like, like there was so much physical time we spent together. Um, in a time when we were 22, 23, and you, I still needed like a physical community because there was still so much changing for me. I'd recently gone through a really huge breakup. I was in grad school, you know, still trying those, um, those 22 years, right. Happy, free, confused, and lonely at the same time. (laughs) Um, and we were, we were there when we were miserable and magical together, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, so I think that it was a, it was a choice, but it was also like, we, are each other's people. Now we all have very beautiful parents and siblings who we love super a lot. But for us, it was just really like, we were figuring out post-college adulthood all together at the same time. And that really brought us together. Um, Then after I was done with grad school, three years later, we moved in together, the three of us in this house that's just vibrant and colorful. And we had a guest room and people could come over and is pre-COVID obviously we have a yard and all three of us really like going out and exploring things and doing things and seeing things and I don't know I think we share a lot of similar interests but we also a long time ago I would say in early post-college time like made a choice that like we were each other's people and like that was just done um I, I will also say and I think this might help more than I give it credit for we stayed right around University of Delaware. So anytime we had friends come back to visit for homecoming, alumni weekend, you know, whatever, um, they would stay with us, we would do things. And I think that even before we lived in the house with the three of us, like that was very much, um, I don't know, it like just strengthened the bond as like being the people who were hosting or the people, when you have three people living together or almost living together, like that's a natural place for everyone to congregate. Even Mm -hmm. if we were just wanted to have like a movie night with the friends who all lived within an hour, like why would, if we were six people, but three lived together, the other three would come to us, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know for you, it was difficult when one of your trio, um, moved out and, uh, moved to like 
maybe like an hour or so away now, mm-hmm. right? Um, to move in with her partner and go to grad school. And then just recently, your other, the other of the trio <laughs> moved out um, to move in with her partner. So what has that process been like for you? Because I feel like I, around 28, started feeling more of this like grief of realizing that that time in life when like, even though it had started, it had started a while before, like I turned 28, but I was just seeing it more and more clearly and starkly that like that miserable, magical time of life of your early twenties when maybe, you know, I lived at home with my parents. Um, so I didn't until I was 27. Um, but I could on a moment's notice, go visit you in Delaware or go visit, go visit a friend, like just have this super close, like commitment to each other and things like that. And I started to feel some grief about, oh, we are moving into a new phase of life when more people are getting engaged, getting married, having children, moving away for a job. Like it's just different. Um, how have you worked with that? And particularly with those friends that you guys had such a like strong commitment to each other. Like, what does that look like now? So change is really hard for me in a lot of different ways. Um, not just in my friendships, but, but certainly the di- the changing dynamics of my friendships in adulthood, as we have gone through different phases of life or entered new phases of life at different times has been really challenging. Um, when our, so the three of us, my three, my two close college friends and I lived in this four bedroom house for several years outside of UD. Um, and then one of them was going to get her PhD, uh, down in Baltimore and she moved out and moved in with her partner. Um, and that was really challenging. It was an obvious next step because she's getting her PhD over like a little over an hour from here. So obviously she wasn't going to stay, you know, even if there was no partner who I love this person, um, the partner. So that, that was never an issue, but so it was, it was like, when she goes to get her PhD, she's going to move out and we're going to enter into a new, new phase. Um, and that was really challenging. I think that was really challenging for all three of us. Um, just because we had lit, I mean, friendship wise, of course there were other challenges, especially for the friend who was moving because she's starting a new program and she, you know, whatever. Um, but I was, I was just worried. I have really good long distance friendships with several people like you. Um, so I knew that I, that I understood what that looks like, but we'd never had to have it before. Um, additionally, we've talked about already, like there is for me some friend jealousy when a, when a friend enters into, or has like a romantic partner, just because even though I've talked a lot about the growth I've made, I've talked a lot about my, how I talk myself down. Um, but my instinct is still sometimes to be like, well, why would they need me when they have a, their, their partner? Um, that being said, I have a partner and like, boy, do I need my friendships. So mm-hmm. I should be able to perspective take enough and I'm working on it. But that was, that was challenging. I, we talked a lot. We, the three of us like went on vacation the summer before and did all these other really fun things together and spent a lot of time talking like, but what that would look like about our fears, about our excitement. So I was pretty confident when she left that like, we were all on the same page of like making sure this remained a priority for us. So there are just ways we just had to adapt to new ways of understanding what our friendship was. We had another close college friend move in when the first one moved out and that made us enter into this whole new fun. Like now it's not in terms of like in our hearts, but 
there was someone else to start under like joining this new friendship with. I'm, I've been friends with my current roommate for a while, but this was the first time we lived together. And so she did not take the place of the first friend, but she helped fill the, the physical space in the house. And therefore like, it wasn't like we were living here without her. It was like, we've now we're now it's a different living situation in the house. The second friend moved out this past summer and that was really, that was more challenging for me probably. Um, every friendship is different. So I'm not about to say like, it was because I was closer with one than the other or anything, or I, I'm not, you know, everything looks different, but um, COVID is a really hard time. The pandemic has been really hard. You've talked about it on the podcast. We've talked about it offline. Um, so to just experience more change in a time where like everything feels unknown and unreliable, I think was really challenging for me. We also went from being locked down in this house with my two roommates and my um, then boyfriend, now fiance, Zach, who just moved in with us when the pandemic started because we didn't want to be going back and forth. Um, so we went from this like beautiful kind of COVID bubble to, to this one friend moving into this unknown where like we've never lived more than five minutes apart from each other in our entire friendship She's moving in with a partner who I really like, but you know, I have some complicated feelings about friends and partners um, that I just occasionally have to remind myself to work through. I'm also moving an hour away to in the time of COVID when like we can't just visit the way that we used to. Um, we did remain in, in a bubble for a little bit longer because it was the middle of summer and we had all just committed to not seeing anybody else. Um, but then when school started, Oh, I, I work in a school. So, you know, once we went back in person, it was, I'm not, we can't have a bubble with anybody outside of the household because there's just too much risk. Um, so anyway, like with the first friend, we talked a lot about the change, what that might look like, what we can expect, what we hope, you know, we tried to, we have pretty good communication most of the time. So it was a really sad time of my life when she moved out this summer. And certainly sometimes it's still sad, but also it's, it's surprising in the human experience how quickly things feel normal or how quickly we are able to adapt to new things. Yes. I think that's another thing that you and I have in common is that change is really hard for me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's also something that we have bonded over these kind of deep things. Um, but yeah, we do like adjust and adapt. And particularly during COVID, I feel like we see that like we have to adjust and adapt how we spend time with friends. And I feel like in some ways, like you and I have recommitted maybe to like spending more time together. And there are people I've seen because you're like, oh, that is so important. Like I really do need to tend to this in whatever way that I can. There was definitely a time where I like really missed having a group of friends because I do tend to have like close one-on-one friendships. And then I was like, oh, I do like, I felt like envious of people who had like a group that they knew that they could, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of go to, but there's like pros and cons of all of it. I'm curious for you with some of your close friendships and like community, what are the pros and what are the cons of being so committed to certain friendships, particularly like a group dynamic? Mm Mm-hmm. There are so many pros to being in, in like a group friendship or like a group dynamic. I think that, you know, there's always somebody to turn to. I've talked in this podcast about how people serve kind of different purposes in your life and you in their life. So 
when you have a variety of people and they're all in one group or like in one kind of section of your life, you can really figure out like who to go to about certain kinds of problems or celebrations or questions about things. I think a con is making sure that you're kind of feeding all the friendships equitably. Um, I almost said equally, but, but I don't think that's quite the right thing, Mm, but you know, in this trio friendship that I have, like I have very different relationships with both of my friends and they have different relationships with me and each other and they all work, but you want to make sure like there is a balance, especially when, when our first friend moved out, like we really had to work to make sure that like, even though two of us are living together and one of us is not like, we want to make sure that all relationships are still strong and connected. Now that all three of us live separately, again, we have to like check in on that to make sure that we're not, and it's not about like time you spend talking to one or something like that. It's just about like making sure that the level of connection that you have with that person is as strong or like as at the level that like you want it to be and she wants it to be. Um, And I think that that can be really hard in a group dynamic. I mean, that can be hard in any relationship. making sure that like everybody's feeling fulfilled to the level that they should be in it. But I think that in my experience in, in my specific type of friendship, it, and, and some of that feels especially important to me because as you know, like I do have a fear of, of uh, missing out or like of not being connected or of being left behind. Like I have a, a big fear of that. So because of that, I often worry other people have that fear and want to make sure they feel extra included. That's not always the case. My, you know, there are other people who are like totally fine with the fact that I also am so extroverted and like invested in doing things that like, I'm probably like, if I'm not free, maybe I'll make myself free where other people are like, I did my one activity for the day. I'm good. I think a con for me of the close friendships in general has just been the way that for a while I rose and fell with how I felt my friends and I were, Mm. you know, so, um, I don't just mean like if their mood is low, my mood got lower. Although that's true with all of us in our relationships to a degree, you know, um, especially when you live with your friends, if like people are stressed, you know, same with you, if you live with a partner, wh- whoever you're living with, if they're not having a good day, it makes it a, a weirder vibe for you and vice versa. But I, I personally put so much value in my friendships that it did, they have held me back from digging into my r- romantic relationships or something like that, or you know, if I do end up moving somewhere far one day, like it will be made harder because I'm afraid to leave people behind or being left Mm. behind if I leave. Um, And certainly those struggles have been far and far and away, super worth it. Mm -hmm. You know, and this, this might be something unique to me. The people listening might not have the same sort of problem. Um, And this, this speaks a lot to my specific types of, of worries, but I think that that's really been um, a driving factor of like some of the things that have been hard for me about friendships in my adulthood. I feel like they're going to end one day and not, not these specific relationships, but my overall worry is that like things will change and, and I won't right. be ready for that. I've also heard friends talk about like group think and like when they are changing and growing, sometimes the group doesn't want that necessarily. Um, or there's different levels of like, commitment or yeah. Like I I've had friends who are very close with like a big group of high school friends say, and like at some point they're just in 
you know, their interests change or their values evolve. And it's like, can I remain in this group and still kind of change and evolve myself? So I think it's really lovely to hear about how you and your friends like are so intentional and, and ask a lot of questions and communicate and are generous with each other because you're able to like hold on loosely as opposed to like cling so tightly that actually squeeze the life out of the relationship, I think. And I, I certainly think that we have gone through phases, at least I have of like clinging on so tightly that it, it could have become problematic. Um, and, it, and I mean, it hasn't, but certainly in some of those phases where maybe others are in relationships that I'm not, um, there was a time when one, when two, I and one of the friends um, in the same week ended relationships. And the third was in a really good relationship with her partner who she's still with. And we were so worried that she was going to want to end it because <laughs> we saw like, the two of us being single and she was like, oh, and we were like, do not. And, and, and obviously that's more of a silly story because I do not think they would have actually ended it at all. But we were mm-hmm. like, they, that relationship was still like new enough that like, you know, what kind of the group thing kind of yeah. thing. We're like, like we're all in this together kind of attitude. Um, that's a superficial example, but it's super, it's funny to think about now because we've all come so far from that. Yeah. Something cool about adult friendships, I think, is that we are adults, Right. So I think that we can be open and honest and and vulnerable and fess up about some things that maybe we couldn't have when we were Mm -hmm. younger. So if the relationship starts to feel like it's changing and, and you're, you don't understand why, like you can bring it up and ask about it. Um, And obviously these are kind of closer friends, not just like Tuesday night bingo friends maybe. Um, But uh, although I encourage that, you know, if you want to re- rekindle a friendship that has kind of fallen by the wayside or maybe you've drifted apart like reach out to that person and I mean we don't need to be you don't need to be so upfront as to say like hey let's try being friends again but certainly like I've I've reached out to friends in the past or friends have reached out to me who we haven't spoken in a long time and been like hey we've been talking a long time that I I didn't mean for that to happen so much as, you know, I, I just, how are you? I'm really interested in getting to know like what's going on with you. Um, I actually had a high school friend reach out to me like three days ago, kind of randomly just to check in and we haven't talked in years. And like, that was cool. Are we going to go out for coffee next week? Probably not, but will it go somewhere? Maybe will it not? Maybe, but I am always happy to hear from somebody from my past who, you know, if maybe not, if we ended super poorly, but even that, time passes. We're adults. I just feel like there are so many things in this life that we can't control or that we can't totally understand. Friendship shouldn't be that hard. Sometimes it's hard because circumstances or whatever, but like being direct is just so good. If something's, if you feel like something is coming between the two of you, talk about it. If you want to get in touch with somebody who you've kind of lost touch with, try it. You know, your friends, we, I know my friends. I know some people who like, it would be very, very weird if I reached out and I probably like, there isn't enough there for me to want to do it, but there are other ones who like haven't talked to in a year, but it'd be cool to try again. And maybe I would, I, I don't know. I, I just, maybe that's too simple of an answer. And some people are listening being like, well, that's crazy. I'm not just going to be like, Hey, what's going on with our friendship. But I am just, I'm 30 and I'm done playing games, you know? (laughs) 
And ironically, playing games can be a great way to connect with people, like not mind games, but real games. Whoa. I think if there is an old friend that you're interested in kind of reigniting your friendship, there's reaching out, actually following up and following through. Like so much of it is like being there when you say you will be and spending time together and then maybe trying new things like going. And especially right now during COVID, like we have to be creative about how we spend time together. So do you want to have a game night like we've been doing or go for a hike together? Um, Zach and I spent a portion of our conversation for perennials talking about our adventure through the swamp and how it was very challenging, but that made it even more fun and memorable. And I think there is something about that with friends. There's a reason people do like tough mutter together and stuff like that. Doing things that are challenging together is a really bonding experience and good practice for when life throws random things at you that are challenging that your friends can help you through and you can help them through. So I feel like it might not always work out, but if you reach out and if you show up and if you do things together, um, you never know. And there's a reason that the contestant on The Bachelor who goes skydiving with The Bachelor always makes it to at least the final four. (laughs) Don't quote me on that. That's not a direct piece of data, but I'm pretty sure it's anecdotally true. That's really funny. I agree. Doing something is always ideal instead of just talking, especially Mm -hmm. if you're trying to become new friends, like start a new friendship or um, reconnect with an old friendship. I think that there's a lot of pressure in just sitting and talking. Yes. Um, and and I know it's super hard to do things right now, but at the same time, we've all, everybody listening has gotten creative with the way they're doing things over the last 10 months to socialize. Um, Mm -hmm. so, and, and if you need ideas, Google them. Truly. (laughs) I didn't, I don't want, that's not supposed to sound dismissive. That's just sometimes before my game nights with you Victoria I just google zoom games and see if there's anything good yeah same and then you can end up having a lot of fun it can bring you back to that like more childlike experience of playing together which is great and if it's a little bit challenging then you strengthen those muscles too so Mm. (laughs) um yeah when it comes to making new friends in adulthood I feel like that's something that people have trouble with a lot of people have trouble with is like making new friends once you're out of school I mean I think my most recent friendships are from work and also like through mutual friends um, through a book club that I joined and a lot of that is about proximity and consistency like you said There is a certain connection that's important. Like, I don't think you can just like force it, but then at the same time, like you have, okay, you have some connection, but then it's like time and consistency and commitment. I'm curious what your experiences of making new friends. And if you have any words of advice for, for people who are not feeling very socially connected right now, I mean, COVID's extra hard, but just in general, when it comes to making new friends. Making friends as an adult is really hard. I agree with you. All of the friends that I've made in adulthood have really come from my job or through mutual friends or like through Zach. 
I think that I think the basis of any friendship begins with some kind of common interest or like common bond. So even my two closest high school or college friends, we, one, we lived on the same floor Two, we met at Harry Potter club, like mm-hmm. we very, very base level things. I, I think, because how else would you really meet? Right. Even if your common bond is like, we both work at the same high school, which is, which is how a lot of my, you know, work friends and I met, obviously all of my work friends and I met at work. It's hard to create those situations. So now, I mean, now is the hardest time ever to make friends because most, many people are working remotely and those who are working in person are not really encouraged to spend social time together. Like even my job being back in person looks very different at a school. I don't eat lunch with my coworkers. I don't, I much more frequently pick up the phone and dial someone's extension. If I have a question, even the other psychologists in my building, as opposed to going into their office and talking because we're trying to minimize, you know, spending time with others. So I just want everyone out there to know that your struggles are super valid. That doesn't help that except for, (laughs) except I see you. It's really hard. I think that in, in forgetting about the pandemic, it's still really hard to make friends as an adult because you don't know who's looking for friends and who's not when you're in high school, when you're in college or some kind of training program or, or um, whatever your next step was, pretty much everybody there doesn't know most people there at the beginning. So everybody is kind of looking for somebody new to, to get to know. In adulthood, even when you start a job, you don't really know the dynamic of the workplace. You don't know who is there to make friends and who is there just to get a paycheck and go home. If you join a local soccer team, you don't really know who wants, you know, you can put your If you're on the bachelor, nobody's there to make friends. Well, we're not there for friendship. (laughs) We're there to find a man on the bachelor. (laughs) But, but, but I mean, even like, even thinking about something as silly as the bachelor, like anywhere, any situation we put ourselves in as adults, like you just don't know who's there to make new connections. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's just, and, and this is so hard because there, there are some people for whom this comes so easily and some people for whom it's so difficult, but you just have to find ways to show that you're trying to get to know people. And that's so hard because one, sometimes it can come off as flirting when you don't mean it to, <laughs> um, but also we don't live in a, in a culture where it feels right to go up to somebody else and say just like, hey, I'm Jessica. I'm looking for friends. Like you, you don't say that. I think that I have not dabbled in the online dating friend edition on apps like some people have, but I know that there have been some apps that have started out as uh, online dating that have added like an online friend searching kind of thing, like Bumble BFF. And I do know some people who have met some people that way. I have not heard stories of, you know, now that woman's a bridesmaid in my wedding type of things, but I, I really just commend anybody who in the ways that they're able to put themselves out there because we all put ourselves out in different, out there in different ways. And it's really, really hard. That's a huge, a huge fear of mine is moving and having to start over and find, Mm. I, not, um, not that I would lose my old friends, but if I moved to Switzerland, 
I'm going to want to find some people to hang yes. out with in Switzerland. Yes. Um, not planning to move to Switzerland, but you know what I mean. I remember one of my closest friends that I made post-college was my friend Melissa, who's been on the podcast. We both worked at a community college writing center. What was funny was that she and I both worked like a really busy time when you're just constant. It's like every half hour you have a new student to work with. But we did become Facebook friends. And I just saw on her Facebook, she shared a poem that she had written that was maybe in like an online journal or something about going through a breakup after being in a relationship for like six years or something. I happened to see that. Then my college boyfriend and I, who had gone on a break and then gotten back together, we officially broke up. Although then there was still a little bit of a saga, but whatever, it's another episode. Um, And one day I was crying in the break room when she came in and she was like, oh, are you okay? And I literally remember this moment where I felt like I have a choice right now where I could be a little bit vulnerable and like see how this goes. Or I could kind of just be like, I'm fine. Sorry. I'm just going through something and go to the bathroom or something, go about my day. But because I had, I had seen that poem that she had shared and I knew that she had recently gone through like a really tough breakup. I decided to be like, I'm going through a really hard breakup right now. And I'm really sad and just kind of told her a little bit more about it. And what was funny was that when we decided to hang out for the first time, like we were, we made a lot of jokes and talked very directly about how much it felt like dating. We both liked Gilmore Girls and there's a, there's an episode where the character Paris wants to bring like index cards with topics to talk about with the guy on her like first date. So we went to a sushi restaurant and we broke, we both brought note cards with topics of things to talk about. We were very, again, like it really was communication. We both communicated. This feels a little awkward, but we have a connection and I want to be your friend. Like, let's just lean into how much this feels like dating. And she's one of my closest friends now. So there was like, there was that work connection. There was the fact that we were both writing tutors. So obviously we kind of had something in common. Again, we had this like challenging experience in common. And then we kind of just communicated and, um, and leaned into it and, you know, and then it's funny to track over time how like you can start with like a meet cute and it can be almost like romantic. Like you, you kind of like fall in love with a new friend and then things kind of like even out. And then it's about like, okay, are we actually going to be here for each other? And things kind of can come and go up and down, but it's a choice. I like how you talked about making new friends as dating. Um, I think about, I mean, I think about that a lot, not, not specifically about new friends and dating, but really how we treat romantic relationships. Like they're like this unique thing that we have in our lives when really like all relationships are the same. I mean, (laughs) they serve different purposes and they become different and more complex, but like everything starts with vulnerability Mm -hmm. needs communication. You know, we do better with any type of relationship when we're direct than if we're not. And I think that it's, we expect friendships to kind of happen without addressing that they're happening. Um, and I think that that's something 
so I'm, I'm a pretty extroverted person. I don't know if we've mentioned that yet. Um, <laughs> so I tend to be somebody who can be pretty direct and like quickly vulnerable to put myself out there a little bit more easily than some people. And, and I think it's something for us all to remember, like not just acting as though we're always like, how do I make friends? But like, how do I make it easier for people to become friends with me? Mm. You know, so like Melissa took a step in asking mm-hmm. you if you were okay. Like she could have just gone to the break room and been like, oh my gosh, that girl's crying. I don't know what to do. Like we've <laughs> yeah. all been in a situation where like we could have extended a friendly hands and like we might not have for whatever reason. I'm not trying to be like, we've all been jerks sometimes. Although that's also true, but you know, we're busy or we just don't know what to do or like, well, she didn't look like she wanted to talk. And I think that as key it was for you to be open with her in that moment, like she took a step forward to Mm -hmm. like check in with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that, so I've been in my job for five years now and I have a solid, a group of friends. They're not even like group, like click, but like a solid group of people that I'm friendly with. But every year we get new, you know, as teachers come and go, we get new people. And I try really hard to be like really friendly to the people who are new because I want them you know, it's really hard to, to be in a situation where you don't know people and, and work is a really good example of that. And I've become close friends with some of them, not everyone, because we're not meant to be friends with every person that we're friendly to. But um, I think that keeping like checking ourselves and how vulnerable we're being to other people and also how much we're allowing them to be open and friendly mm-hmm. to us is a really important and hard balance to make. Yeah. And I think also it's making me think again, kind of with the analogy of like dating a there's the whole like numbers game thing. Like it can feel so daunting or like, Oh, I'm never going to meet anyone, whether that's a partner or a friend that you really click with. And some of it is putting yourself out there and like, and it is kind of the numbers game of like, okay, you're not going to necessarily connect with every person or be on the same page with every person. But if you join that book club and you go to that mutual friends party and introduce yourself to people and you reach out on Facebook or Instagram to that person that you, you like their post and you think you could have an interesting conversation. Like over time you see like, okay, who do I connect with? Who do I seem to share values with? Who am I showing up for? Who's showing up for me? And then there's the thing of like, like you said before, tending to the relationship. Like I think any relationship we can fall into these ruts of taking people for granted or kind of assuming that we know everything about them and like assuming maybe that there's nothing new to learn about them or kind of falling into the same, doing the same things together over and over. And I think sometimes being intentional about like, yeah, like these friends and I, we always do this. What would it be like if we tried like doing something new together or like there are, there are certain questions I've never asked this person, or I've like made certain assumptions about them. So whether that's with newer friendships or people you've known for a long time, there are also ways to like tend to relationships and like inject some more life back into them. I think by being intentional, can I ask you my final um, perennials question? Of course. What is something that you are learning about or growing into right now? could be related to this topic or it could be totally unrelated. I 
have identified myself as somebody who's super extroverted and needs a lot of socialization and a lot of stimulation to kind of feel at my most, in my, in my greatest happy place. Um, and in the last 10 months, that has been a lot more challenging to come by. So I've been working on becoming better at being by myself. And I don't mean that really emotionally, but I mean like finding things to do that will like occupy some of my time. I don't have a ton of hobbies um, because so many of my hobbies have been hanging out with people. Um, So I've really been trying to learn about myself and grow into a place where like I'm not, I think some of it comes from being afraid of being like alone with my thoughts, not even because my thoughts are so scary, but just because I just don't like to occupy my own time. hasn't always been that way, but in my adult life, it really has been. So 2021 seems like a really good time to intentionally focus on being okay with um, learning who I am without so much socialization Mm -hmm. while still living in a house with two other people. So not totally cutting myself off, um, but, but trying to figure out two introverts who like to spend their time alone. So when they're alone, I need to figure out a way to be alone too. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. This has been lovely. The past 20 years of friendship and also the past almost two hours of talking. (laughs) I've had fun. Thank you for having me. I will see you on Tuesday. Yay. Okay. Love you. I love you. Sure will. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Perennials Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. You can follow along on Instagram at Perennials Podcast or send me an email at perennialspodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. The song you're hearing now is I Orbit a Moon by Paul Finn. I pray to God.